TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. the year for you yours truly and uh we're gonna go out in style mr alan styles in studio today in for ray it's good to see you again man good to be in damon good to be in you ready to go you ready to wrap up the entire year over the next three hours plus start predicting things we might see i that sounds like a loaded show but i think i'm up for it we're gonna do it all we're gonna do it all we got two great guests today to talk about a very interesting weekend of football that's coming up obviously the 49ers you know their playoff their their, their playoff appearance is already in the barn we know they got a home game we know that they've won their you know their 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 division and so now it's getting to the finish line with the best possible healthy way out there and maybe even improve your seating along the way and just groom brock purdy into what you're going to need him to be and i you know i i know that ray didn't want to talk about this much as we were kind of talking about this week because he thinks that you know one game is one game is one game and every game should be the same game if things are going well for the 49ers what happens when things don't go well like what happens when you need Brock Purdy to execute a quick two-minute drill because you're down 10 points in the second half what happens if that is on the table and that could be on your playoff table I'd like to see a world where Kyle Shanahan opens a game with a two-minute drill Mm. Opens a half with a two-minute drill. Puts Brock Purdy in not uncomfortable necessarily, but different situations than he's used to just to get him ready. I mean, and then hopefully by the time you get to the final game of the year, it's Josh Johnson time and you're treating Brock like a real QB1 and you don't play today. Right. Well, and that's the thing because we don't know, based on how ridiculously amazing this defense is we don't know if it's going to happen organically we don't know if the Niners are ever going to be in a position where Brock Purdy is going to have any adversity so basically what you're saying is you might have to create some type of adversity for for Brock Purdy because what you don't want is sure you can steamroll the rest of this this season and maybe you still lock up that three seed if the Vikings stop messing around you're not able to get that two seed you don't want the first bit of adversity for Brock Purdy to see to be in the playoffs. That's what you don't want. Right. You don't want his first, oh man, moment right, to happen when you're in such a big football game. And and it's tough to simulate that kind of playoff pressure. I mean, there's there's preseason speed, there's regular season speed, mm-hmm. there's postseason speed, there's 
NFC Championship game speed, and then there's Super Bowl speed. Exactly. So everything ratchets ratchets up from here on out. There is just no doubt about that. And uh, how best can they simulate what the hell is going on? We got some NFL stuff to talk about. Robert Sala probably not worried about that instant coffee world uh, that he was talking about, sort of blaming the media for the way Zach Wilson was being treated. There, There is some of the unfair, cruel, instantly wanting everything microwaved and servable as quickly as possible, media world that we live in. And sometimes your boy just can't play. Right. And that is, I think, what's going on with the New York Jets. We're going to talk about that today. How about this? Fred Smoot, long NFL career. He covers the Washington Commanders. And a couple of years ago, Alan, we had him on, and this guy was like one of the best football guests we've had in a really <laughs> long time. Like, I randomly saw Fred Smoot, and I, I remember telling Lucas, I'm like, anytime the Washington Commanders are on the schedule, you get us Fred Smoot. There you so, go. we got Fred Smoot coming up later this hour at 345. Brian Baldinger at 430 stops on by. The entire week's headlines have been so hijacked by the San Francisco Giants, and you know, they made a couple of other headlines today, Conforto and Tyler Rogers, and we're going to talk about all that. But before, I kind of want to dip into the sort of story that we missed was that the 49ers are sending six players to the Pro Bowl. Um, normally, when you're, you know, local team's got a lot of players going to the Pro Bowl, you usually talk about that on a sports talk radio show. We haven't yet because we've been so stuck on other things. Mm. Um, Nick Bosa, Talanoa Hufanga, Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Trent Williams, and, you know, I, I, I think it's important to talk about the guys that are going and give them the flowers while they can smell them and not just focus on the snub. But there is one snub here that is so egregious, and it's not Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Where's Dre Greenlaw? Dre Greenlaw is maybe the best outside linebacker in football this year. And for him to not be named to this Pro Bowl team straight up and have to wait for some, you know, alternate bow out so he can actually make the team is ridiculous. That guy is, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I, I think he's the difference between the 49ers got a really good defense or a great defense. Well, he's exactly. And, and I don't know if, you know, there's so, this, Defense is so star-studded. He gets lost in the mix. And it's funny, Damon, because just here locally, we've been talking about, all right, Dre Greenlaw, is he underrated? Is he, is he underrated? And I got to the point where I said, well, since we're talking about him being underrated every week, maybe he's not. Well, turns out he still is because to get snubbed like this, apparently, you know, they talk about the media and they talk about, is there an East Coast bias? Th th these votes were by their peers. So there shouldn't have been any bias. And somehow he slips through the cracks. I don't know if it's because he's not the headliner on, again, a star-studded defense. But you're right. Every Almost every time there's been a big play, once you run the replay, you see Dre Greenlaw in the mix every single time. And as Cam says, when we get ready for the, for the post games, big play Dre. That's who he's been. Yeah. That's who he's been. He's always around the football. He is always making the tackle. He is the leading tackler on the best defense in football. So you think that alone would get him the keys to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. What uh, Ryan Rossillo, when he was doing the show with Scott Van Pelt, they used to do that segment, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's still underrated. And by the way, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he noticed the snub as well. 
I think there's a number of guys who should have been in there who weren't, such as Greenlaw, um, without a doubt, because I didn't see him anywhere. And I truly believe Christian would have been a starter, but I, mean, I think he, I think he's. I'm not sure if what the list is, but I know he was, and that surprised me. Um, but Greenlaw is the biggest one to me. I think he's had a Pro Bowl year. Um, I think he's been great. I think he's played at that level always when he's played for us, and. I missed a little bit this year, not much. Been able to stay healthy. He fought through some injuries early on. Um, and when he's been playing healthy, I think he's played as good as anyone in this league. Pro Bowl year. I think the guy could be an all-pro this year, for yeah. goodness sakes. And, you know, he talks about staying within himself. Remember that game in Chicago? He was a little bit out of control. He got a couple of personal fouls. And when he slows it down and lets the game happen in front of him. He's he's basically unstoppable. Kyle Shanahan said that Brock Purdy feeling very good this week, which is officially good news for the Niners. He was able to do everything. You know, he took it a little easier at the beginning of the week, but um, still made the throws and stuff and got better each day. And I know he feels better today than he did yesterday, and that should continue up to Sunday. By the way, Saturday. while, uh, yeah, that's right. We got a game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, 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 let me apologize for the four times I'm going to screw that up already <laughs> on this show today. But yeah, the 49 49ers play tomorrow afternoon, and Brock Purdy, with his strained oblique, all he was able to manage to do over the last two weeks was a 124.6 passer rating, which is the highest in the NFL over the last two weeks. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, and and look, we can continue to say, well, Kyle Shanahan, this offense is not QB dependent. Well, sure, but let's put it to you like this. What would Zach Wilson do in this offense? Would, would it look as... as Simple as it does, as easy as it does with Zach Wilson or some of these other guys. I don't think so. So I think it's time to give flowers. I don't know if I'm giving a whole bouquet or a couple flowers for now, right? Maybe a half bouquet, but he's on the way. And I think it's time that we sit there and say, look, there are a number. We did the same thing with Jimmy to a certain degree. We're not saying Jimmy is outstanding, but we are saying that there are quarterbacks that can't do that. A corsage? Yes. Maybe yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just something put on a lapel. Yeah, for you now, know, yeah, for yeah. now. For Not now. a whole bouquet. Not yet. Not a whole bouquet, <laughs> honey, but a corsage would look really nice on that lapel. Exactly. And that's what Brock Purdy's got. We have uh, quite a bit to get into today. There's no doubt about it. Brian Baldinger at 430. Fred Smoot coming up at 345. And like I said, the Giants... You know, there's there's nothing that they could do today. The Giants could tell you that, they, you know, they've decided, um, you know, that they have actually invented a time machine and they're going to bring back, you know, Willie Mays. Still, people would be pissed off at them this week. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. It's the first time where I really felt that my job yesterday wasn't to quell the anger, but to make it even more intense because the... San Francisco Giants went so far out of the realm of reason and into the realm of personally insulting in the way that they went about this uh, disintegration of the Carlos Correa deal that there could be ripple effects that extend far beyond this year. We will not know the damage on this for a couple of years. We right. really won't. And God forbid Correa like wins an MVP or something in New York. I mean, people are going to be standing in 24 Willie Mays Plaza chopping down palm trees. They're going to yeah. be so angry. Um the Giants did make two moves today, and nobody wants to hear this. Nobody nobody wants to hear this. You want more anger at the Giants. They suck, blah, 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 hate everything. They're a better baseball team today than they were on Monday. If we could just pretend the Carlos Correa thing never happened, and you just look at what they did, what they did is not sexy, what they did doesn't sell tickets, but doesn't make them a better baseball team, yeah, I think it does. I think they're they're better than 81 and 81 as they stand right now. Good enough to win their division? No. Good enough to win their league? No. 
good enough to win a World Series? No. Are they better than they were last year? Yeah, I think they are. We're going to talk about this isn't the worst team in all of baseball. They're not the biggest dumpster fire, but they've also done an awful lot of damage to their own reputations around the game, and they've done as much damage in their own fan base as I've ever seen the Giants commit, as I've ever really seen any team commit here in the Bay Area with a single decision. So we got a lot to get into today. Damon Bruce and Alan Stiles along with you. It is really good to have you here, and uh, we're just getting underway. We're going to be recounting the top five Bay Area sports headlines of the last uh, year. We're going to look at the national sports stories of the last year, and at 5 o'clock, we're going to get into the prediction business. So you'd be ready to join us. When that happens, it's good to have you here today. Damon and Ratto with Alan in. We are brought to you by Bed Bath & Beyond. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We're actually giving shout-outs to people buying merch. Look at this read. It says... The 95.7 The Game merch store is live. Rennell in Hercules ordered a Defensive Player of the Year sweatshirt today. Oh, way to go, Rennell. Now, is that a real person, or are we just making things up? Oh, it's real. It Rennell's real? Yeah, we get emails every time someone buys something from our shop. So, you know, buy something and you get a shout-out. All right. Do we get cut? Oh, yeah. That's a no. <laughs> uh, you can go get yours now, though. Like Rennell and Hercules already has. 957thegameshop.com. Damon Bruce and Alan Styles with you. This afternoon, somebody says, what, is Ratto out of Tanforan? Yes, he is the Tanforan Super uh, Shopping Center Santa. And so today, um, he is basically mushing pies into the face of little kids, telling them that their Christmas dreams will not come true, and that's how Ray stays happy. Mm-hmm. He's like bad Santa. Uh, oh, we have, ho. Yeah, thank you very much. I, th- here's what I love, is Ray so hates being used in promotions that he, he goes out of his way to say nothing. Which is an, inter- an interesting way to, to you know conduct a radio career. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's only one Ray. There is only one of those guys. There is no doubt. Uh, somebody named Michael says, yeah, Damon, you know, 82 and 80 is better than 81 and 81. Look, I, I think they're going to be just a little bit better than that. Somebody on the 415, Allen says, you know, they're not the worst team in baseball, but they might be the most boring, and that's even worse than being the worst. They're not better. They lost Rodon, so they're worse. You know, you might be right. There's a lot of seasons still left in front of them, but when I look at what they did, I see a better team right now. Like, Michael Conforto, if he is healthy again, should provide a little bit of pop in a lineup that needed a little bit of pop. Mitch Hanniger, if he's healthy, should be 600 at-bats of everyday baseball player that just by him being in the lineup every day because he's a switch hitter makes you just a little bit deeper on that bench. I think that Sean Manaya is a completely salvageable product. Mm-hmm. I, Ross Stripling had a very good year last year. And Taylor Rogers is exactly the kind of player that the Giants get in and, oh, he was better than he was in San Diego and Milwaukee. Like, they will fix him, and I can already hear that marketing department working on the twins angle. I can hear it. I can, I can see it coming. First thing I thought, and, you know, the first, when I saw the signing, I just thought, it's cute. It's cute. And it is cute. But legitimately, it, it's a good signing. Going back to... to to Hanniger and Conforto, I think the issue that a lot of people have is you just decided to not sign Carlos Correa because of whatever happened, right, with the physical. But you signed Hanniger, who missed a ton of games, and Conforto, who missed a ton of games. But I'm sure their physicals will be fine. You would think that there would be some connection to be made between you got to walk away from this guy because of medical concerns, but the other two guys whose significant portions of their seasons have been robbed from them lately, no problem. Come on in as a matter of fact. They're the headliners. I saw our very own Kyle Madsen say, you know, so they skip Correa due to injury, but instead will headline their offseason with two outfielders who played a combined 57 games last year. (laughs) You got a point. Yeah, but you're worried about Correa's ankle from the minors? Yeah. It, just don't try. Don't lie to us, all right? And I don't know how they couldn't not lie to us without it sounding even worse. But I don't know what's worth. Just saying, you know what? The the numbers didn't add up. The money just didn't make sense. We thought it did, and it didn't. That's on us. Instead of, yeah, we're worried about some ankle injury from before he was in the major leagues. What's the Alex Pavlovich story you read today about the Farhan conference call where he was trying to play a little mea culpa. Yeah. So it was just, just guys on the team. He was just talking to San Francisco Giants. Exactly. So Alex Pavlovich last night uh, wrote this article talking about how Farhan, they had a Zoom meeting. Sources told NBC Sports Bay Area that Farhan Zaidi spoke to the team on a short Zoom call in the afternoon that included players, manager Gabe Kapler, coaches, and members of the staff. Zaidi did majority of the talking before opening it up to questions, and people on the call said he took responsibility for what happened this week. But many questions were still left unanswered. So my question to you, Damon, is what did he take responsibility for? Did he take responsibility for the initial offer? Did he take responsibility for how it fell through? Nobody knows. I mean, I, I, I bet you the line that he played is the old, you know, I'm the captain of the ship, so no matter what happens on the ship, therefore I am responsible. He probably played one of those. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now that Farhan probably has an under-the-table deal 
with Giants brass right now to be extended that we don't even know about? Because they're going to ask him to get in front of all this, and you take all the hits and all the heat and all the bullets. I do believe that this came from Charles Johnson right on down. And as I was telling you in the hallway, Mm -hmm. I really think 10 days ago, that's what it was. 10 days ago is when it sounded like Carlos Correa was coming. John Heyman said. 10 days ago, the following few days after that day, no business was done. They didn't sell another corporate suite. They Mm -hmm. did not sell... Uh, f- 500 extra season tickets. As a matter of fact, they probably, you know, were calling people to re up, and they were like, "Nah, well, I'm, you know, I really, I really not." It wasn't the brisk business. We have a marquee player that now our fans are just dying to come and see, and I think that that quashed the deal more than any fugazi medical concern. And I almost think that the doctors were in a way given marching orders to scuttle the deal. But I don't understand how you get that far without without vetting this type of stuff first. I mean, look, we're at the end of end of the year. We're in Q4, if we want to use that term, right? <laughs> Your sales team, tech teams, we're trying to hit numbers. And at the beginning of each quarter, you have projections. Damon, how in the world could their projections be so far off? Carlos Correa is a great player. He is no, first of all, there's only about what? Five household names in Major League Baseball? Carlos Correa is not one of them. I don't get I don't get how you're this is your job. People get paid and I would assume a lot of money for the Giants to get this stuff right. How do you get it so wrong that you want to pull out immediately? Here's the thing. If you want to pull out immediately, mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. General manager has an idea. Owner instantly sees that idea and goes, nah. You got to do that. You cannot let the player then fly in, fly his his in-laws, his children, his grandparents, everybody literally dressed to the nines like it's Easter Sunday, about to go to an introductory press conference and then find out the deal is called off. That is a level of this ain't business now. It's a little personal. That was an incredibly unprofessional thing to have happened. And honestly, if Farhan had nothing to do with the deal being pulled mm-hmm. he should resign he should resign he should and now i know that these baseball jobs are far and few between so you might not want to get out of the chair you know my best agent uh best agent advice i ever got was damon no matter how much you get pissed off at the station or you're upset with whatever's going on the only job for you to do like if you're a cop the only big part of your job that really matters is you come home at night yeah the only thing you need to do at the end of every show is keep the seat keep the seat never give up the seat Don't give up the seat. Don't give up the microphone. Just keep the seat. Make sure you don't do anything during the show that will remove you from the seat. Mm. Because there aren't that many of them. Right. And if Farhan is wired to keep the seat, okay. You know, but if I were him, I would want deals under the table for me to take bullets from you. You know, you're going to give me a raise. You're going to give me three more years. Or I'm going to take something that is big enough to ruin my reputation as a negotiator and just let everyone know I had nothing to do with this by resigning. That That's what I'm saying. If you're going to resign, if I'm Farhan and I'm resigning or I decide to go in that direction, I'm singing like a canary. 
I'm and I'm and I'm not just bringing up the the Correa stuff. I'm bringing that up and how that ended up being a debacle. I'm bringing up everything because Farhan has taken a lot of flack in terms of he's the penny pincher, he's shopping at Ross, he's doing all these things, but we've never asked the question Maybe that's what he's being told to do. Do we really think Charles Johnson and whoever it is is saying, hey, spend this money, and Farhan's saying no? He was brought in initially to fix the books, and I think after that they're saying, hey, you're good at finding these diamonds in the rough. That's what we want to do. So I think that Farhan's already taken a lot. He's going to take – he's already taken even more, I think – we're finally, I know you had Tom Verducci on yesterday who said, look, this is not just going to, this is not just a Farhan Zaidi thing. This is too big for just that. So if, if he decides to leave, I would put it all out on Front Street. You can call me a rat. You can call me anything, but you're not going to call me broke because you're going to have to pay me or, or you're going to have to come out and say, hey, you're going to have to exonerate me. Look, and look, and if Farhan does have the regard that the Giants say he does have around Major League Baseball, he won't be out of work for long. No. And he's also made enough money as the GM to where if, you know, if you took 12 months off, you're going to be just fine, I bet. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, he, he has more room to protect his reputation than most people do at work when they have this. Okay, if you're really going to stand by your principles, you should resign then. A lot of people just don't have that option because they got kids to feed and they got groceries to buy and they got bills to pay and they don't have the luxury of, well, then screw that. I'm going to take mine and go walk away. He does have that. Exactly. He's still here, which means... He is responsible for it, whether he is or isn't. And I guess that's what he was saying. And I'm going to tell you that another reason why he had that Zoom meeting is because San Francisco Giants are upset. They're upset that this happened in their clubhouse. They're upset that another one of their, you know, fraternal baseball brothers was treated like this. Mm -hmm. And really, Correa is the kind of guy who is such an over-the-board analytics nerd as a player he would have fit in perfect. Like, he is absolutely the kind of guy that Farhan would, you know, hey, he doesn't have a whole bunch of sexy numbers when you open up his, uh, you know, uh, uh, baseball reference page and he hasn't hit more than this many home runs and he's only driven in 100 runs more than once and scored 100 runs more than once and all that is true. You know what's also true? He's got the best war at the position of shortstop, fourth best in the history before his age 28 year. So there's something to be said for that, too. He would have made a great impact. Yep. He would have been the one guy that would have made maybe the next free agent say, yes, I'm coming to the San Francisco Giants. So there's still in that, are you really swimming in the deep end of the pool area that they were supposed to cross this 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 offseason? Yesterday was a rough day, man. I mean, then you have and, and Scott Boris was just doing a he was he's just doing his world tour. I saw about 18 different videos for him. And you know what? Good on him. That's what you got to do. He knows he he's riding for his client and a lot of other players are going to say, "I want I want my agent to do that too." It comes out that Carlos Correa is thrilled to play third base. He wants to beef up and, and continue to focus on his hitting and thinks that he can do that without losing any of his, you know, defensive prowess at third base. It's just awful, Damon. Meanwhile, we're over here, uh, uh, Giants fans, oh, I don't know, uh, Brandon Crawford this, come on, Marco Lucio, come on, man. Really? Really? Well, you don't have to worry. Okay, Giants fans, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Brandon Crawford will be your shortstop. 
Did you know that Taylor and Tyler are twins? I mean, there is absolutely. I mean, we, go ahead and predict what we're going to see right now. We're mm-hmm. going to see the both of them dressed up like the Shining girls, waiting for, you know, uh, little Danny <laughs> to come around the hallway on his big wheels. We're going to see both of them dressed like the Shining girls come around. You know, well, if the Giants, they're not going to be playing in October, so they're really not going to see Halloween. But we're going to see both of them dressed up like the Shining girls. We're going to see both of them dressed up like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Uh, on the twins movie poster, mm-hmm. uh, we might even see them bring back like the Coors Light girl and twins. Yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, th- there might be something like that, even though that's probably you know not going to float very well uh, in the everyone's offended by everything these days world that we live in. So maybe the twins thing is out. But yeah, they are going to milk this. Aren't the twins adorable? Angle, and they will. But here's the thing: if both of them get it right. Those are two innings that kind of just got solved in a bullpen that needed to solve some innings. Yeah. If I were them, I'd still go after Craig Kimbrell. I think you can get Craig Kimbrell for a song right now. You know, is Craig Kimbrell worth what he used to be? No. But the Giants aren't paying top dollar for top talent. You're looking for the can you rebuild it project. And that's what they're doing. And look, Conforto is 29. He played his first seven seasons in New York, a 255 hitter with 132 home runs, an 824 OPS. He is basically Brandon Belt with a little bit more power. And he's, what, six seasons removed from his only All Star appearance when opening day comes around. But they take a flyer on him. What's really frustrating, though, when you continue to look at the weird way the Giants are doing business, right? <laughs> Let's say Conforto really pops for them. Let's say Sean Manaya literally finds baseball pitching Jesus in his life once again and is flirting with a Cy Young. They got opt-outs. Yep. They all got opt-outs. A good year means they're probably here one year. And a bad year means now you've got a bad player on the hook for a contract that doesn't look good anymore. So, But that never happened. I've never seen a player have a good year with a player option and not exercise that out. Look, Carlos Rodon. The same thing. Just did it. We, they're, they're, the Giants, these deals, first of all, they, Farhan, Kevin Durant would have loved Farhan out here because all these short-term deals, they would have they would have been great together. So that's number one. And number two, they're treating it like a junior college. They're treating it like the transfer portal. Just come on, and if it works, right, great. If it doesn't work, I guess we're stuck with you. So it's the opposite. You're supposed to move on if you play well. I guess that is what's happening. They're moving on if they play well. If they don't play well, we're stuck with you. So it's a really interesting business model. Going back to the Twins, Damon, you know what it reminds me of? It's going to be all cute when the season starts in, in March and April. Oh, we have Twins and one comes in after the other. It's cute then. But when the Giants have a losing record or they start dropping, you're not going to want to hear it. It reminds me of He's Jeff got an Samarja. ERA over ERA is over four for the Twins. It reminds me of Jeff Samarja when we at the beginning. What did we always hear about? You know, he was a wide receiver at Notre Dame, and he could have played. You know what? I don't care about that when he's giving up home runs and bombs. I don't care about what he did at Notre Dame. It's not funny. It's not cute anymore. It's that's funny at the beginning of the season, but once they they don't. If they don't play well, it's just going to be annoying. Right. It's like when the Bears signed Craig Krenzel out of Ohio State. Everyone was like, well, do you know that he was like a molecular, a molecular, uh, or, or molecular chemistry uh, major? Like, he, he yeah. like really went to... Nobody cared when he couldn't pick up a first down. Nobody cares. Didn't matter. Did not matter. But look, I, I actually think the Conforto signing, as it is just on its surface, isn't a bad one. 
I actually think that the Mitch Hanniger, uh, first of all, Mitch Hanniger is going to be everybody's favorite San Francisco Giant. Mm-hmm. That, that Mitch Hanniger, come on down. You're about to be one of the more popular guys on this team. I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, Manaya. Again, I think that they can fix him. I think they can tinker with him. Stripling doesn't need much fixing. He has a pretty good 22 coming out of Toronto. The rotation of Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Ross Stripling, Anthony DeSclafani, Sean Manaya with like Jacob Junis or Sean Jelly sort of lurking out there. It's not the worst. No. It's not the worst. Is it great? Is it, it, do you want to play name that star with the New York Mets? You do not. You you definitely do not. No DeGrom there. You know, that that we, we, we know it ain't sexy. But if you know baseball, you also know that ain't bad. Is it great? No, it ain't great either. But it ain't bad. And as painfully dull and as boring as the Giants were offensively last year, they were actually scoring enough runs, mm-hmm. according to the Major League average, to win games and... They figure out how to tinker together. Like the the thing that the Giants, I think, should have done was go after Degrom, was go after Verlander, go after you know a, another real top flight pitcher, and then just let let Farhan tinker everywhere, let him platoon everything and everywhere because that's mm. what he gets off on, and he's yeah. had a degree of success with it. And he it, look Farhan is great. At the back end of the 40-man roster, at the back end of the Giants dugout. The problem with the Giants are their the, the hometown nine. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. I like what Farhan does on the margins. I like the deals that are the $30 million deals that get you oh, a Manaya, a Stripling, a Conforto. I, th- those are good deals. You want a smart and shrewd GM who knows how to identify a little market value being you know, disregarded over there, so I'm going to hop on it. I, I, I think Farhan has merits, but, and I got into not not an argument with Willard, but we were talking once on the air, and I just said, "Look, you can have as smart a general manager as you want. I'll take the pile of money, because the pile of money is in the postseason more often." than anyone who claims to be smart or good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Money matters in baseball, and there is a direct correlation between how much did you spend on your team, where did your team finish its season? Yeah. I, I What I'm worried about, and I do like the Conforto signing because I the three true outcomes... I don't love. I don't think it's fun for baseball. I don't. I don't love it at all. Right, the strikeout, the walk, or the home run. We get all that with Conforto. I think that he's not one of those guys. He's a contact guy, right? He's going to put the bat on the ball. Yeah, he might. He might be a little. He might swing away a little, but he's, but he's a strikeout guy. But. I also think my fear is that the reward isn't going to be as great. He's a guy where I think that this ballpark matters. Aaron Judge. I don't think that this ballpark would have mattered. Because that guy can hit the ball anywhere he right. wants. Conforto's a guy, okay, those are those are going to be doubles instead of home runs. That's what I'm worried about. And, and so you have to kind of work that in and figure, okay, how is this going to affect what he did right with the Mets? How is that going to affect this? One more thing, Damon. Everybody was worried about the Scott Boris stuff. I believe Michael Conforto is also a Scott he Boris is. client. He so is. if you want some more optimism... 
you know Scott Boris about that green anyway, so he, he's not really going to care. He can move forward. All right, we're good. We yeah, just wipe get our the hands of it. So best deal for his client. So That's, there's not going to be any. A lot of people were freaking out. We're never going to be able to sign another Scott Boris client. No, no, you will. You know, you might have to overpay, but you will. Yeah, and if you overpay. That's how you get the client to mm-hmm. begin with. Right. They were probably about to overpay for Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they they got cold feet at the end. Because, honestly, with the way that Major League Baseball salaries project out, you know, eight years from now, if he's playing decent baseball, that wouldn't have been an overpay. You know, you can't just use today's standards to judge contracts that are now a ridiculous 10, 11, 12, 13 years long. It's insane, the ask of agents. But they're only asking for what people are willing to spend. And the Mets have so disrupted the absolute industry. And and look, this is an industry now that, you know, it, 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 it makes no sense. But the owners built a system that aggressively penalizes teams that want to spend and win and actually rewards the cheaper teams who are trying to do it on the margins and in the middle. And what's sad about the Giants is that might be where this ownership group wants this team to live now. And that means you need a new ownership group. I mean, I don't know what to tell you because it, it, it okay does not do well in the Bay Area. Never plays well out here. It just doesn't. So they they need to... Seriously think about landing a major free agent and it didn't happen and we've been saying this for years. So now they got to go play way over their skis again. And if things go wrong, I mean, that's the thing. The the Giants margin for error right now is zero. They better get an awful lot of likable personalities beaming out of that ballpark. Everyone having a career year at the same time, which Mm -hmm. is basically how 117 wins happened. And if that doesn't happen, the amount of bad feeling that'll come back in, and I'll tell you, they need to address this publicly at some point in time. Somebody's going to have to say something on the record explaining this to questions being asked by reporters who aren't pussyfooting around the real issues. They need to address this. This ain't going away because it's Christmas break, and then when we come back, we're going to be like, hey, NBA starts on Christmas Day. It's basketball season. That's what they want. This is not going away. This is not going away until there are some answers. And uh, it's a fascinating situation to the point where maybe it is my top five Bay Area sports headline of 2022. But you'll have to find out next hour. Because coming up next, we're going to say hello to Fred Smoot. Fred Smoot played an awful long time in the NFL. He was really, really good at what he did. And he is an outstanding standing guest and we're going to talk to him about 49ers and commanders coming up tomorrow fred smoot next here on 95 7 the game we are brought to you by fremont bank full service banking no compromises now back to damon and ratto on 95 7 the game it is Damon and Ratto, Alan Styles in for Ray today, and we're about to say hello to Fred Smoot, who a couple of years ago, the 49ers were playing in D.C. We had him on as a random guest who had never come on the show before, and I was like, oh my God, Fred Smoot's one of the best guests we've ever had. Any single time we got a 49ers-Washington game, you go ahead and you get us Fred Smoot. We got ourselves a 49ers and Washington game coming up on, uh, I would say, on Sunday, but that ain't right. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow, 
and we got Fred Smoot back. Fred, thank you so much for joining us, man. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. I didn't think you would have me back after I did you last time. You know, you know, we had a, a, a great introduction, but I gave you a, a rude awakening of what about of what was going to happen that day. Well, wait, what? Didn't the Niners win nine to nothing? But I told you, come on, and you felt good about that. <laughs> you, but you feel good about that. Well, we had half the team was injured. All right, y'all went in there. And y'all literally crawled out of there. And you felt good about that. Well, I mean, good enough to look at it this way. I've been around the NFL long enough to know that you don't complain about W's, right? I have never met a bad W in my life. There you go. We got Fred Smoot with us here today on 95.7 The Game. And, man, what kind of an interesting situation we got brewing between these two teams, Fred, because the 49ers got this little luxury item called already in the playoffs and a home playoff game guaranteed because they won their division. This is a Washington team that is coming in here fighting for every inch and scrap that it can get, still thinking it can reach the postseason and fighting like hell to do that. So just the two different attitudes of these team alone might go a long way to, to shaping the feel of this game. Well, you know what? I said this. When I looked at this game early in the week, I don't know how many people are this old that they remember the body bag game from, like, way back when, when it was just player after player getting hurt. And I said when these two teams got together, because I'm telling you, these teams are built very similar. And I can go through the things. Right, if you want to talk about offensively, both of these guys have functional quarterbacks. Nothing great about these quarterbacks, but they can get the job done inside of these offenses. These offenses have great running games. We have a great running game with a two-headed back machine. Y'all have Christian McCaffrey. We also have, y'all also have DB, uh, Debo Samuels, who's a Swiss Army knife who can do everything. Well, we got his cousin, Curtis Samuels. Right, he can do everything. He can go to the backfield. He can uh, play wide receiver. <laughs> Y'all have Brandon Ayuk. We have Terry McLaurin. At the end of the day, built very the same. We're led by our defensive line. Y'all led by y'all defensive line. At the end of the day, you're looking at a mirror. Now the question, you just brought it up. What are your motivations? I don't know if y'all are motivated like we are to win this game. You know, Fred, you got the, you know, Christmas Eve tomorrow. A lot of people hanging out with their in-laws. It's a Saturday. Some yeah. people might not be able to catch the game. So let's say you, there's somebody out there who they, they're stuck with their in-laws. They wake up Sunday morning and they see that the commanders beat the Niners. What would you tell them probably happened in order for the commanders to get that W? First of all, I say the 49ers got everything they deserve. Second of all, I say we came out and we ran the ball and we controlled the ball. We have to beat the 49ers very similar to how we beat the Philadelphia Eagles and just go out there and they just go man to man and say, you know what, we're going to run the ball and we're going to force you to like it and we're going to shorten this game. The one thing you don't want to do is give the 49ers 65, 70, 75 plays because that's when Shanahan gets in his bag and starts to make things happen. So it don't matter if Brock Purdy at the quarterback, it don't matter if Jimmy at the court, it don't matter who. If you give him that many plays, he will shred you. If we can stop George Kittle, stop George Kittle and force them to throw to the outside. Benjamin St. Juice is coming back. I think y'all, wait till y'all get a load of this character. Oh, he can really play. So we got some guys that can match up well with y'all. But at the end of the day, I say one, we control the ball on offense. We didn't turn it over. Two, our defense outplayed y'all defense, which is a very tall task. 
We're talking to Fred Smoot here on 95.7 The Game. The tall task gets even taller with Chase Young back in the saddle. This guy is a game-wrecking talent. He hasn't played at all this year, so I'm guessing he's chomping at the bit. I know he's going to be on a snap count. What, you know, 16, yeah. 18, 20 snaps? But if those come on third down, you know, that, that, that makes life a little rougher for the 49ers for sure. Tell us about Chase Young and what you're expecting to see out of him in his first game back. Well, you know, the great thing about it is everybody's talking about Chase Young. Well, first of all, you need to worry about John Allen and the house of pain, Mr. Deron Payne, and that hungry dog, Montez Sweat, because those are the guys that's been uh, making things happen to heal Obata. And and now you get that extra hungry dog who hasn't ate all year and get him back into the mix. And like you said, it's not like he's going to come out here and play 40, 50 plays. He's going to come out here and and probably get 15. It depends. Pass rushing situations where he would get off. But come on, when you add strength to strength, you only get strong. At the end of the day, our defensive line is the strong point of this team, and it just got a lot better this week when we activated him. But the thing about it is they will not, and I know Shanahan will not put him, when I say him, I'm talking about Brock Purdy, in harm's way to let these guys just just tee off and pass rush on them. So at the end of the day, what Chase is going to have to be ready for is a physical game because if I know anything about the Shanahans, they're going to test him out when he's in there, and they're going to try to run at him. You know, Fred, out here... You, obviously, you got the Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. You guys got somebody in Taylor Heineke, undrafted. They're the same height. We're talking about the similarities between these guys. Do you think it's a little bit lazy of us because they do match in some of these underdog? I've been calling it the underdog bowl. Do you think yeah. it's a bit lazy for us, or do you actually see similarities between these two quarterbacks? And you're right. They're Siamese twins. They grew up together and got split up in birth. You're, you're totally right. They're the same guy. You know, everybody loves the underdog story. Everybody loves Saint, uh, Shane Falco. You know what? I'm going to tell you how much we love the underdog. Philadelphia, and those fans are so obnoxious, they built a, a statue of an ultimate underdog in Rocky Balboa. So basically you telling me you built a statue of a character, a movie character. This guy wasn't even real. That's how much we love the underdog story. And yes, we both have those guys. And I was looking the other day, and I didn't realize that if you look at all the quarterbacks in the playoff a picture for the AFC, they are Pat Mahomes, they are Lamar Jackson, they are uh, uh, Joe Burrow, they are all top 10 picks. And you look in the NFC, and it's Dad Prescott fourth round, it's Kirk Cousins first round, it's it's all of the other guys over here in this game, and these two quarterbacks fit that same standard. Why didn't it work out for Carson Wentz? Uh, I don't... And that's hard to say. Uh, I think one thing about it is uh, Carson does have a elongated stance, and I think that as to him being set with a elongated throwing motion, I think he needs to tighten that up. Uh, but if you got a guy that's over there, the one thing you do as a player that's sitting over there when you know you you feel like you should be the starter is you, you, you're being truthful to yourself and say, what do I need to do? And maybe making his throwing motion more compact, but let's not get it wrong. Carson was putting up two, 300-yard games. It's just that turning the ball over was the problem. And that's what Heineke was doing very well protecting the ball early on in his winning streak for the last couple of games. He's got kind of reckless with the ball, but it's all about protecting the ball. You know, Fred, obviously we're out here on the West Coast, so somebody who's tuning into the game tomorrow, 
Who is a guy who you should say everybody should keep their eyes on We that we don't know about? We know about Terry McLaurin. We know about Jahan Dotson. We know about Curtis Samuel. We know Chase Young's coming back. Who is the guy who you would say, hey, if you don't watch a lot of Commanders football, you want to see somebody that's going to impress you? Look at this guy. Man, we got that's the thing about it. We got so many weapons, especially when you talk about offense and Brian Robinson come to mind, which I know everybody expects that you know, they know who he is right now. Antonio Gibson is a guy that can do everything. When I say play wide receiver, play running back, return, he's a guy that I'm looking to have a very big game. You brought up Johan Dotson, Johan Dotson is He's one of those receivers. I, I look at him, and he's just a jack of all trades. He does no one thing great, but he does everything very, very well. And we have a deep, and I don't think, you know, I call him Norman Bates because at the tight end position, he will kill you. And it's John Bates, all right? John Bates is a guy that, that I think, the more you get him involved and the more you get him the ball, the more he can make a difference. And on defense, we, we we have Forrest, who's who's been making plays at the safety position. Cameron Curl, this is his type game. So you look at those safety, and you look at those guys. Jamin Davis, another guy that's been making play after play after play. So you watch out for those guys to really fill in the gaps and make the plays if we have a chance to win this game. Do you think you could still beat most people in a foot race running backwards? How is your back pedal at the age of 43? How's the hip swivel? Well, you know what? The speed is there, but the feet not there. You know, when I say the feet not there, the feet hurt. And the one thing about it is my grandma always told me, old things break, baby. And my feet, they hurt. They they hurt. Listen, <laughs> the pain, the pain, the pain. But I wouldn't trade it for nothing. But when you put a million miles on something, they tend to tear up. Man, I was a huge college football junkie. I still am. You were a hell of a player in your days at Mississippi State. And the SEC, man, first team All-SEC, two years in a row, I believe. First team All-American. You played, man. Uh oh, yeah. Mississippi. Oh, yeah, man. I yeah. have fun doing it. And I also want to say rest in peace to Mike Leach. Well, that's where, I, that's where I was going with this. How well did you get to know Mike Leach? I know that was after your playing days there, yeah. but I'm guessing you spent a lot of time around the program still. Tell me about your, your interactions with Mike Leach, please. Didn't, didn't have a lot of them, but when I did cross his path, I really, he was very John Madden-like in his uh, <laughs> main rhythm and just... <laughs> he talked to me and say something funny. You know how a comedian is a very dry deliverer of a joke and yeah. it's very funny, but he never laughs. Uh, that's that's what type guy he was. And and I always like coaches like that. There's coaches that they're still human beings, not to the point where they have to be so militaristic where they, they can't speak and smile and joke with you and I enjoyed that about him. I enjoyed a human being. You know, everybody brings up the coach. I think when people talk about Mike Leach ten years from now, they'll talk about the human being. You're the man, Fred. As always, a conversation with you is one of the best conversations we have all week. Thank you so much for joining us and uh I really mean it. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas, man. Happy holidays to everybody out there. The only bad thing is going to happen is Christmas Eve is going to be a commander's win and a 49ers loss. Uh, yeah, other than that, thank you. I hope everybody's eating good and living good out there in California, brother. There he is. Fred Smoot, A+. I told you he was going to be good. You, <laughs> you did. I mean, I yeah, look, I don't know a lot, but I know personality. Mm -hmm. Fred Smoot's got plenty of that. By the way, welcome one and all to your 4 o'clock out. Oh, I caught Grandy slipping. He was poured behind him. He's got to come back to the piano now to push this button. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 